father flood our hearts tonight that we will know no one but your son jesus we thank you father for a glorious service this morning in jesus name amen all right wherever wherever you are watching us we bring to you our life service courage service my name is Reverend Isaac Lapapu, Senior Pastor of Love in Grace City Church, Heavens University, the city of fruitfulness. This morning, I assure by the grace of God, we are going to have a wonderful time in the Word. So get your notebooks, get your diaries, get your pens, and get your Bibles. And we're going to get ready to rumble in the Word. Hallelujah. So kindly share this video on your wall on Facebook so, so that others can be able to hear the Word of God just like you are hallelujah so quickly we want to continue with our uh, teaching on the resurrection of jesus christ in our last meeting we were looking at the essence of his resurrection the essence of his resurrection the essence of his resurrection now um we looked at the first essence of the resurrection of jesus christ but before that we explained that the resurrection of jesus christ is the core message of the gospel without resurrection there is no eternal life without resurrection there is no sonship without resurrection there is no redemption without resurrection there is no forgiveness of sin so the resurrection of jesus christ is the crooks of christianity so we explain that fact you can get our other teaching on our facebook wall we said number one the resurrection of jesus christ guaranteed sonship the resurrection of jesus christ guaranteed sonship that means uh, uh, we became born as sons through the resurrection of jesus without the resurrection of jesus christ god would have no sons we explained that the resurrection of jesus uh, give God the opportunity to have sons it gave Jesus the opportunity to have brothers hallelujah we also said number two uh, the resurrection of Jesus Christ is the assurance that we can enjoy complete forgiveness freedom from sin and eternal salvation I repeat that the assurance of the, the resurrection of Jesus Christ is the assurance that we can enjoy complete forgiveness freedom from sin and eternal salvation so we explain in first corinthians chapter 15 the verse 17 that until jesus christ be raised we are still dead in our sins we also explained in romans chapter 6 the verse 9 that the death jesus christ died he died once unto sin and he when he was risen from the dead or when he rose from the dead the bible emphatically says that he dies no more so if jesus dies no more our salvation is secure we can lose our salvation our forgiveness and our freedom from sin if jesus could die again or if jesus did not rise from the dead now you need to pay attention to this we can lose our salvation our forgiveness and our born again experience if jesus christ should die again or if jesus christ did not rise up from the dead but if jesus is alive never to die again your salvation is secure because you live forever hallelujah now um this morning quickly i'm i'm in a hurry because i want to i want to do some justice to some few things here now number three which is also very important in our teaching um the resurrection of jesus christ is the receipt of our justification 
the resurrection of Jesus Christ is the receipt of our justification let me say that again the resurrection of Jesus Christ is the receipt of our justification that means to prove or to have an evidence that you are justified it takes his resurrection now let's take some few scriptures Romans chapter 4 the verse 25 Romans chapter 4 the verse 25 now I read he says who was delivered for our offenses and was raised again for our justification <laughs> this is good he says who was delivered for our offenses and was raised again for our justification i read he says who was delivered that means jesus was given up to death on account of our sins jesus was delivered up to death or he was released for death or he was given to death on account of our sins so our sins led jesus to his death so the death he died was for our sins but the bible says and was raised again for our justification now this is very vital this tells us that the resurrection of jesus christ assured or guaranteed or sponsors our justification in him now what is justification to be justified means to be declared not guilty to be justified means to be declared not guilty i repeat that to be justified means to be declared not guilty also to be justified means uh, to be acquitted and discharged to be justified also means to be made right with god uh, justification is a judicial term whereby a judge declares a man not guilty justification is a judicial term whereby a judge declares a man not guilty now the bible tells us that jesus christ was raised again from the dead for our justification so when we remember his death we remember the fact that our sins was paid when we remember his resurrection we also recollect that we are justified Hmm. when we remember that jesus died we also remember that has our sins has been settled the the scores we had with sin is completely settled that means sin cannot stand against me sin cannot accuse me sin cannot take me to court sin cannot punish me anymore so the death of jesus guaranteed that sin has been paid for now this is something a lot of people are struggling to, to still get but it's the truth sin has been paid for sin has been judged sin has been punished in the body of jesus through his death so god can never punish you for a sin that was punished in christ once so his death was an assurance of my sins that my sins would no longer be counted against me and i am forgiven now the bible says he was raised from the dead on account of my justification now you see when i know i'm forgiven it's not too much enough 
because I know what I have done has been pardoned in a way or what I have done does no longer count but I could still carry along with me the conscience of sin though I'm forgiven I can still I'm not too much uh, uh, okay within me because I know I still offended you so justification is what seals forgiveness justification means you are made right so forgiveness is between you and God justification means that whatever was used against you that you committed as an offense is taken away and God sees you completely as a righteous man that's mind blowing to be forgiven means what you did does not count again to be justified means you you have not done wrong to be justified means you are called righteous to be justified means you are made right with God so when God sees you he does not smell a smoke of sin or does not see any evidence or trace of sin in your life he calls you righteous because he justifies you in the resurrection of Jesus this is amazing so what is the receipt of my forgiveness the receipt of my forgiveness is that Jesus died what is the receipt of my justification the receipt of my justification is that Jesus rose from the dead now this is amazing I read that again in Romans chapter 4 verse 25 he says who was delivered for our offenses and was raised again for our justification now are you paying attention to New Testament tenses he says we are justified because Jesus was raised not because we are good <laughs> this is incredible we are justified on account of his resurrection now this is very important we are justified on account of his resurrection that doesn't look fair we are justified on account of his resurrection not on account of how good we are or how right we try to prove ourselves towards God a man is justified toward God by the resurrection and his faith in it he was raised for our justification he was raised on account of our justification of we being acquitted and discharged of we being made right with God it was by his resurrection that we are justified now that tells us to be made right with God is not how right you live did I say don't live right I didn't say that I didn't say don't live right but I'm saying that living right does not justify you living right does not justify you what guarantees our justification is that Jesus rose from the dead I repeat when I remember his death I remember my sins has been paid when I remember his resurrection I remember I am justified how am I justified I am justified because Jesus rose this must sink I am justified because Jesus rose I am justified on account of his resurrection from the dead so the resurrection of Jesus is the receipt that I am right with God I didn't say right with men I said right with God so what is my receipt as proof of evidence that I am right by me or by my good works no by what his resurrection 
so how am i to prove how right i am how am i to prove how justified i am before god how am i to prove or have evidence that i am a righteous man my proof and evidence is his resurrection remember when jesus died he bore our sin and he became sin when he rose from the dead he rose without sin and he rose without he rose without our sins he rose justified that resurrection of justification the bible calls it justification of the spirit now let's see if you can get some scriptures to help you out first peter chapter 3 uh, the verse 18 first peter 3 the verse 18 i pray i'm right thank you holy spirit first peter chapter 3 verse 18 good um no um first timothy chapter 3 verse 16 i think it should be there first timothy chapter 3 verse 16 all right now watch this he says and without controversy great is the mystery of godliness god was manifest in the flesh that is jesus incarnation justified in the spirit now another word for the resurrection of jesus or jesus being raised from the dead is that he was justified in the spirit amazing <laughs> i read that again he says and without controversy great is the mystery of godliness god was manifested in the flesh was justified in the spirit so another name for the resurrection of jesus christ is that he was justified in the spirit his resurrection was justification in the spirit so when god raised jesus from the dead that act of resurrection is called justification that is why in that resurrection we can also be justified because we were raised with him that's amazing that's amazing so the resurrection of jesus christ is called justification he was justified in the spirit he was made right in the spirit so by that act of resurrection it becomes the receipt or the evidence or the proof of our justification before god now this is vital there are a lot of christians today who see justification by doing instead of seeing justification by faith now let's go through some few scriptures now thank you holy spirit thank you jesus all right um acts chapter 13 the verse 35 to 39 acts chapter 13 the verse 35 to 39 acts chapter 13 all right if you are there you say glory thank you holy spirit acts chapter 13 the verse 35 he says and wherefore he said also in another psalm thou shalt not suffer thy holy one to see corruption for david after he had served his own generation by the will of god fell on fell on sleep and was laid unto his fathers and saw corruption but he whom god raised saw the corruption talking of jesus he says be it known unto you now this is the meat he says be it known unto you therefore men and brethren that through this man jesus is preached unto you the forgiveness of sins and by him look and by him and by him not by your works and by him in other words by his redemptive work or by the total work of redemption or by his finished work he says and by him all that believe not all that do not all that work no no he says all that believe 
justified from all things they are made right from all things now look he says they are justified from all things from which ye could not be justified by the law of Moses <laughs> this is good let me read that again he says and by him so this work is by Jesus he says by him all that believe not all that work not all that fast not all that pray for uh, 30 hours not all that do good in church not all that are church workers no he says all that believe a lot of times we use the things we do as an evidence for justification that is wrong it is scripture scripturally unbalanced it is a new testament error to think that your work can bring you justification so he says and by him all that believe are justified from all things from which ye could not be justified by the law of moses so what is it means is that when a man believes jesus christ that jesus was raised from the dead he is justified from all things which the law of moses could not justify him the law of moses could not justify anyone there was no one living by the law that was justified by the law now in romans chapter 3 the verse 20 tells us that romans chapter 3 the verse 20 now um, i read he says therefore by the deeds of the law no flesh shall be justified in his sight amazing he says therefore by the deeds of the law there shall no flesh be justified in his sight for by the law is the knowledge of sin so you need to understand that no man can be justified before god by doing the law no one can be justified before god by trying to work through the law nobody can be justified before god by working out through the power of the law no flesh he said no flesh no flesh shall be justified by the doing of the law or by the deeds of the law he says for by the law is the knowledge of sin i explained to you that until the law said thou shalt not kill you would never have known that killing was a sin so the law in itself was not the solution or the cure to sin the law itself reveals sin the law was the power of sin the law in itself was the strength of sin so question if the law was the strength of sin why did god give the law through moses appointed by the hand of an angel the law was given so that it will shut the mouth of every man the law was given so that man would try to see if you can if he can fulfill or obey god's standard and fail then he realizes that in him strength in his strength and by his strength he shall not prevail so the purpose of the law was not to deal with sin the purpose of the law was to reveal the sin problem you never knew that fornication was a sin until the law says thou shall not so thou shall not uh, revealed the conscience of sin so anytime you hear thou shall not you know that not doing or doing is a sin or not a sin so the bible says the law is the knowledge of sin so the problem with the law is that the law gave you the knowledge of sin but did not give you power over sin i repeat the law gave you knowledge of sin but did not give you power over sin so the law was the power of sin but not the power over sin now you need to get the difference the law was the power of sin and not the power over sin now let me explain that in first corinthians chapter 15 the verse 56 first corinthians 15 56 thank you holy spirit now i read 
he says the stage of death is sin and the strength of sin is the law amazing in other versions the bible says the power of sin is the law the strength of sin is the law what empowers sin to operate is the law so when people have more laws they have the opportunity to display rebellion when people have more laws they have the opportunity and the audacity to display rebellion so the law in itself is the strength of sin sin is empowered by the law now i explain and give you a scenario the other time of a gun a bullet and a shooter now um the bible says the strength the stage of death is sin the strength of sin is the law so death is the shooter sin is the gun the law is the bullet pay attention the shooter is death the gun is the law is the is sin and the bullet is the law pay attention until you put a bullet in the gun is the gun powerful no what empowers the gun is the bullet what empowers the gun is the bullet so what the bible is saying is that death in itself has no sting death cannot affect you uh, without sin and sin cannot affect you without the law so the shooter is death sin is the gun the law is the bullet until you place a bullet in the gun death has no power and sin has no power so the law in itself is the strength and the power and the bullet that initiates sin so in churches or in in areas or in places where more law is preached you find more sin revealed because the law is the power of sin so moses in second corinthians chapter 3 calls it the he calls it the ministration of death so the law is serving death it's a sharing of death when the law is being preached you are sharing death so it says therefore by the deeds of the law shall no flesh be justified before him for by the law is the knowledge of sin romans 3 20 let's go to the 21 he says but now the righteousness of god without the law is manifested being witnessed by the law and the prophets even the righteousness of god which is by faith of jesus christ unto all and upon all who believe he says for there is no difference for all have sinned and come short of the glory of god now this verse is not used to preach or to lead prayer topics a lot of times people are leading prayers and they quote by saying the bible says for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of god uh, and beloved let's pray and and ask god for mercy now you can't use this this is not a prayer topic it's a teaching it is not a prayer topic it's a teaching there was no full stop there check it very well check your bibles there there was a semicolon there that means that was not the full statement he was making he says for all have sinned and come short of the glory of god in other words because of the sin of adam all sinned when adam sinned all sinned in him uh, romans chapter 5 the verse uh, romans 5 the verse uh, 12 romans 5 the verse 12 
now the bible says wherefore as by one man sin entered into the world and death by sin and so death passed on all men for all have sinned are you seeing that for all have sinned so all sinned because of one man so the all have sinned in um, romans 3 is not referring to stealing meat from soup is referring to the sin that all committed because of the one sin one man committed so he says for all have sinned and come short of the glory of god there was a semicolon so he has not finished so this is not a prayer topic he says in the next verse being justified freely being justified freely so justification is free justification is free <laughs> you need to get this thing it says being justified freely it's without charge your work cannot give you justification listen going to church is good because the bible says we should not forsake assemblies of ourselves giving good offerings is great because it helps support the work of god living a good life is good because it brings glory to god and also gives you a good testimony of yourself before men and it brings glory to jesus but you see the moment you think your act of good is what brings you justification before god or what gives you confidence when you are praying or approaching god is the error is the error it is the error so he says being justified freely so the all that have sinned in the verse 23 the verse 24 tells us these people who have sinned who believe now are justified freely so justification is free being justified freely by his grace that means justification is number one free number two justification is an act of grace justification is an act of grace so he says being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in christ jesus are we seeing that so justification is free is an act of grace and is also the work of redemption justification is number one free is an act of grace number two number three is god's act of redeeming man so justification is also redemption through the redemption that is in christ jesus so to be justified is to be redeemed so the resurrection of jesus justified us and like we read in acts chapter 3 the verse 39 he says we are justified from all things that the law of moses could not justify us from so a man is justified by believing that jesus died and was raised from the dead by believing in the gospel so when a man believes the gospel he is justified he's acquitted he's made right with god and that is what the resurrection accomplished for us so when we believe in the resurrection of jesus christ we are agreeing with his justification as our justification when we agree with the resurrection of jesus christ we are agreeing that his justification is our justification amazing so we are justified by faith in the resurrection of our lord jesus christ hallelujah thank you lord now look at galatians chapter 2 the verse 16 galatians chapter 2 the verse 16 i love it i love it i love it 
now he says knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law knowing that means every christian must know it is expected of you to know he says knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law but by the faithfulness of jesus christ even we have believed in jesus christ that we might be justified by the faith of christ and not by the works of the law for by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified we read Romans chapter 4 verse 25 which says he was raised on account of our justification now the Bible tells us that justification is not by the works of the law but by the faithfulness of Jesus and by our faith in that faithfulness so when we believe in the faithfulness of God in rotting salvation through Christ for us the Bible calls us justified men it sounds so simple it sounds so cool and that is what the gospel is about the gospel is a message that is too good to be true it is called good news it is good news any message you hear that does not bring comfort to your soul any message that does not bring peace in your heart any message that disturbs or frightens your salvation you must know evidently that it is not the gospel of jesus christ i didn't say the message of the gospel does not bring rebuke i'm saying the message that brings fright in you of separating from god is not gospel it's not gospel the good news of the message of the gospel is good news the good news of the message of the gospel is good news thank you lord so he says knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law but by the faithfulness of jesus christ so we are justified not by works we are justified by faith in christ thank you holy spirit galatians 3 11 galatians 3 11 galatians 3 11 he says but that no man is justified by the law in the sight of god so you see you can you can do some good 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 works as outward show men can look at you and say wow this man is righteous but when you think by your doing you are righteous that righteousness is only before men and not before god you need to understand this you can do good outwardly and men will salute you men will applaud you men will revere you men will honor you and call you a holy man but that holy man they are calling you is between you and men but not before god before you and god he says justification is only by believing christ justification is only by believing christ so he's saying but that no man is justified by the law in the sight of god and he went on to say it is evident that means it is clear it is clear that no man can be justified by the deeds of the law he says for the just shall live by faith romans chapter 5 the verse 1 Romans 5 1. Thank you, Holy Spirit. 
<laughs> he says therefore being justified by faith we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ being justified by faith how are we justified by faith how are we justified by faith how are we justified by faith he says we have peace through our lord jesus christ so justification is the work of christ it's not by the work of man it's by the work of christ hallelujah i'm justified come on shout i'm justified i'm justified thank you jesus his resurrection is my justification so today how do i know i'm justified i'm justified because jesus rose from the dead his resurrection is justification in the spirit therefore i am justified in the spirit by the spirit with the spirit before god i'm righteous i'm made right with god because jesus rose from the dead thank you jesus quickly let's go to the fourth essence of his resurrection number four the resurrection of jesus christ raised us from spiritual death and made us born again the resurrection of jesus christ raised us from spiritual death and made us born again in other words the resurrection of jesus christ made us born again from spiritual death we were born from spiritual death by the resurrection of jesus we were raised together with jesus so his resurrection raised us from death now you need to understand this because of the sin of man we were dead in trespasses and sins it's a very important foundation you need to understand we were dead in trespasses and sins according to ephesians chapter 2 uh, let's read from the verse 1 ephesians chapter 2 the verse 1 thank you holy spirit he says and you had he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins you saw that he says and you he quickened or made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins so we were dead in sins and trespasses that is what we call spiritual death so a man without christ is spiritually dead he's dead in sins and trespasses he's separated from god because of sin now let's see colossians chapter 2 the verse 13 we're going to come back there again colossians 2 13 i read he says and you being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh now paul again went forward to say we were dead in sins which is the uncircumcision of our flesh so a man that is without christ is dead in sins and that man is spiritually uncircumcised so you can be circumcised physically and be and remain uncircumcised spiritually to be uncircumcised spiritually means to abide in death that's not my teaching but i i'm i'm, I'm making a point that without christ we were spiritually dead so the work of jesus in rising up from the dead is what guaranteed that we also were raised together with him now we need to understand this okay we have what we call the identification or the union with christ this is a very important teaching 
the union with Christ. Now, remember when Adam sinned, we we did not sin with Adam. But actually or technically, we sinned in Adam. We did not sin with Adam, but we sinned in Adam. Very important. So though we were not yet born, because we came from Adam's genes or Adam's blood, we were all declared sinners by default. So we did not have to do right to become righteous. We did not have to do wrong to become sinners. We were sinners by reason of being in Adam. Very important. Very important. So whatever affected us was what we inherited from Adam. So by birth, we took right of what we belong to us called sin and death. So remember that. We were in Adam, therefore when Adam sinned, we had sinned. When Adam died spiritually, because we were in Adam, we also died spiritually. But notice something. <laughs> in that same vein, remember the Bible calls Adam the first Adam and calls Jesus the last Adam. So I've explained to you that God sees two men. God acknowledges two men. He does not see six billion people. He only sees two men. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 the verse 45 God does not see plenty men he sees two men Adam and Adam which is Adam and Christ now uh, let's go to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 15 the verse 45 good he says and as it is written the first man Adam was made a living soul describing uh, the first Adam he says the first man Adam was a living soul the last Adam was made a quickening spirit. Huh. A living soul means he existed. Quickening spirit means he is not just raised. He has the ability to quicken other things that are dead. So Adam was a living soul. That means he existed. Christ was a quickening spirit. How did he become a quickening spirit? When Jesus was alive in Nazareth, he was not yet a quickening spirit he was also a living soul so that he could die but when jesus rose from the dead he became a quickening spirit that means not only was he raised from the dead but he had the ability to give life to others that are dead <laughs> so he says the last adam so the bible calls adam the first adam the first adam and calls jesus the last adam and there is a reason why jesus was not called second adam note he didn't say second Adam there is no second Adam in the Bible the Bible calls him the last Adam the reason why Jesus is the last Adam is to prove to us that there is no other Adam after him the reason why Jesus is called the last Adam is because there will be no other Adam other than him there will be no other Adam apart from him and there will be no other Adam after him that is why he is the last he is the last Adam so he's there's the first man and the last adam there is the first adam and the last adam and as we read further the bible says how be it that was not first which is spiritual but that which is natural that means adam the natural one came first he says the first man is of the earth earthy 
the second man are you seeing that so adam is now here called the first man jesus now here is called the second man remember he didn't say second adam he says second man this is very important he says second man so let me get this equation right for you there is first and last adam and there is first man and second man there is first adam and last adam to prove that there will be nobody like jesus who will be called third adam jesus is the last kind of a clean man that was made prepared for death he is the last adam he is the last to be pure to come to earth to die he is the only one exclusive to have that grace jesus is the last adam to prove that he was the one qualified to die now the bible calls him second man now last adam was referring to his humanity there will be no human like jesus ever that is why he is called the last adam so the last adam is referring to the humanity of jesus but the next verse calls jesus the second man the second man is referring to his resurrection ability his resurrection life is called second man so jesus is the last adam so he could die and jesus is the second man because he rose as a new prototype version of a man that is born again let me explain that again Jesus was last Adam so he could be the last version of an incorruptible man to die so he could be the last version of a man that was without sin to die for mankind he was so the one last Adam he's referring to his humanity that was why he was called Adam because Adam means man flesh so Jesus was last Adam to die but jesus was second man in resurrection in his resurrection he was called the second man so there is the first man and there is the second man adam is the first man jesus is the second man so the next verse says as is the empty such are they that are empty the bible says as is the heavenly such are they also that are heavenly that's amazing so look at these two men the first man the second man the bible says the first man is empty and as is the empty such are they that are empty that means all men without christ are of adam's nature that is why i said god does not see six billion people he sees two men as is the empty so are they that are empty then the bible says as is the heavenly such are they also that are heavenly so in the second man those who have believed in christ and are in christ are in the second man and the bible calls the second man heavenly that means the one heavenly there means it's not of this realm heavenly means it's not of this realm it's not just in heaven so when you see heavenly it's not just talking about heaven the place heaven no the word heavenly is referring to a realm beyond the earth a realm that is not of this earth 
so it is in another realm so the bible says as is the heavenly such are they that are heavenly that means jesus jesus existence as um, um, as resurrected being is not of this realm he says we also have that same thing in us we are also heavenly that means we are also not of this earth realm amazing he says as we verse 49 as we have borne the image of the earthy so shall we bear the image of the heavenly so what the bible is telling us is that what happened in adam happened to us what happened in christ now happens to us who are believed incredible so i want you to understand something when jesus died he did not die alone just like when adam sinned he did not sin alone we were in adam when he sinned we were in christ when he died so his death was our death his burial was our burial and his resurrection was our resurrection so when jesus was raised he was born from spiritual death when jesus was raised he was given new life and he was raised from the realm of spiritual death now because we were in him that death and that resurrection is true of us let's get some few scriptures romans chapter 6 romans chapter 6 i read from the verse 3 he says know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into jesus christ were baptized into his death Mm. he says therefore we were buried with him by baptism into death that like as christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the father even so we also should walk in the newness of life amazing (laughs) look the verse 5 it says for if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection so how we looked spiritually in his resurrection is how we look inside us so we have resurrection life in us now someone says but jesus rose bodily but we are not bodily raised yes we are experiencing the spiritual resurrection for now as a foretaste we have a down payment but it is going to happen we are going to have a glorified body just like jesus and that's the process of salvation we have what we call the tenses of salvation we have the past tense of salvation the present tense of salvation and the future tense of salvation the past tense of salvation is what god did in our spirit the present tense of salvation is the current work of christ in our soul to conform to his image in expression then the future tense of salvation is the redemption of our bodies to conform to his glorified body so you need to get that salvation is in three tenses the past the present and the future in the past we are new creation on our inside that is why when you are born again your hips does not change that is why when you are born again you don't increase in size when you are born again all the scars of your body are still there so the born again experience is not first of all evidenced by the flesh 
so the born again experience is a spiritual experience so new creation is not outward new creation is inward sonship is not outward sonship is inward redemption forgiveness are inward realities they are things we have in our spirit it's it's the seal of salvation but you see uh, currently there's an ongoing work of salvation through the holy ghost in making our soul which is our mind will and emotion conform to the very fabric of our being inwardly so that we can express that same life from the inside out that is what we call spiritual growth so spiritual growth is the formation of christ in your soul spiritual growth is the formation of christ in your soul now uh, people argue that oh when some years ago when i hear someone says we are becoming like jesus i'll correct him and say no 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 we are not becoming like jesus we are already like jesus but as i began to grow i understood that that person was not wrong when he says we are becoming like jesus so we need to understand that we are like jesus inwardly we are becoming like jesus outwardly through our soul and our behavior and conduct because there are people who claim they are the righteousness of god and are not living right there are people who claim they are holy but are not living holy lives so when it happens that way it means you are not conforming to the new nature in you you are not responding to the christ in you so there are people who have christ in them and confess it yet are not expressing or manifesting that nature so we are like christ inwardly in our spirit we are becoming like him every single time as we are transformed by the word so the bible says do not be conformed to the patterns of this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that means the transformation occurs when our minds are renewed and your mind is a is a compartment of your soul so when you got born again your mind your will your emotion did not change all those bad thoughts are still there so it is through the agency of the word of god and the holy spirit that makes this transformation possible so now you need to listen to this in salvation there are three tenses we have uh, uh, what we call regeneration then we have transformation then we have transfiguration regeneration took place in your spirit transformation takes place in your soul and transfiguration will take place in your body so when we believe Jesus Christ we have what we call regeneration as we study the word and partake of spiritual exercises we have what we call transformation we are with an unveiled face as we behold as in a mirror the glory of god are being changed are being transformed are being metamorphosed into the very image of christ from glory to glory even as by the spirit so by the holy spirit our soul is now transformed by the authority and the power of the word and the spirit then in the appearance of jesus the bible says we shall see him like he is and we shall be transformed to conform to his glorious body so in salvation we have three tenses when we are born again we we are regenerated which is called regeneration through spiritual growth we are transformed called transformation and in the second coming of jesus we'll be transfigured called transfiguration 
you need to understand that so very important so uh, when jesus christ died we died with him when jesus christ was raised from the dead we were raised together with him now let's take some few verses uh, come to ephesians chapter 2 let's read from the verse 1 ephesians chapter 2 from the verse 1 i love the word now <laughs> he says and you being quickened who were and you had he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world according to the prince of the power of the earth the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience telling us that a man without christ has a spirit working in him and that spirit is called the spirit of the earth calling it satan's power okay he says that power worketh in the children of disobedience children of disobedience are those who have not obeyed the gospel okay the verse three he says among whom also we all had a conversation the word conversation means manner of life in times past in the last of our flesh fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others now look at, at the verse 4 pay attention he says but god who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us even when we were dead in sins had quickened us together with christ Woo! <laughs> and has raised us up by the six and made us to sit together in heavenly places in christ now note the word places is idolized is either idolized or put into bracket that means the word places is not supposed to be there it was added by translators so it could make meaning and i've explained to you that sometimes translators add certain words that actually distort the whole word now the bible says in the verse 6 that and has raised us up together and made to sit together in a heavenly in christ so it's it's not actually heavenly places it is in heavenly in christ so i told you the word heavenly is not just referring to heaven the word heavenly means not of this realm the word heavenly means not of this earthly sphere it is not of this tangible realm it's a reality in another realm and that realm it went on to say is in christ jesus so christ is that heavenly christ is the heavenly he is the heavenly so he says we are made to sit together with him in the heavenly what is the heavenly not of this realm what realm is that in christ so whatever we have is in christ he is the realm in which we partake of divine treasures thank you holy spirit so the verse 4 is amazing he says but god who is rich in mercy so god is rich in mercy for his great love when when he loved us look he says when we were dead in sins had quickened us together with christ amazing so when christ was quickened the word quickened means to make alive it means to make alive it's from the greek word um suzupayo suzupayo which means to reanimate co-jointly suzu payo which means to reanimate so uh, 
we were reanimated co-jointly with Christ. We were reanimated co-jointly with Christ. You see, uh, to reanimate means to give life to something. If you have watched animation movies, you understand. To reanimate means to give life to that which does not have life. It means to make it movable, to make it active, to make it alive. So, to quicken means to make alive, which in Greek is suzupayo, which means to make alive or um, to reanimate co-jointly with. In other words, when Jesus was quickened, we were quickened in him it was not an after process in god's mind we were quickened when christ was quickened when we believe we experience that reality that has always been in christ so it is not that when we believe then god is now about to use another power to quicken us it's not that when we believe then god says get ready get ready you are believe you are believe get ready Quicken. No, that's not a quicken the Bible is talking about. Christ's quickening was a quickening. So when we believe, we partake of something Christ is already experiencing together with us. So when we believe what Christ has done, we are saying whatever is true of Christ is true of us. That is when we experience that thing that Christ has always been experiencing. So to quicken the bible says we were quickened together with him so his quickening was our quickening when he was quickened we were quickened remember i told you whatever adam did he did for us and as us whatever christ did he did for us and as us so his quickening was our quickening remember jesus was god and is god he does not need quickening Jesus did not need quickening because he himself is the word. The Bible says that the word of God is active and living, sharper than any double-edged sword. So, the word active means quickened. So, the word of God as Jesus is already quickened. So, Jesus did not need to be quickened. The reason why he was quickened was so that we can be quickened. So, his quickening was because of our quickening he was made alive or reanimated because of us so that reanimation was our reanimation it happened together along with us so he was made alive he was reanimated so the word with us is one word um, uh, quicken together with us is one word which is susupayo which means to reanimate co-jointly jointly Praise God. Now, the Bible says, By grace are ye saved. The verse 6. And has raised us up together. Now, raised us up together is also one Greek word which is called sunagiro. 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 The word sunagiro means to rouse or to revivify in resemblance to it means to rouse or revivify in resemblance to <laughs> sunajiro which means to raise together with means to rouse or to revivify in resemblance to so 
do you see the resurrection was the revival so revival has always been burning in believers ever since they became born again but we have to manifest it so the believer is not crying for revival God is waiting for him to express his revival revival is resurrection the word raised means revive so you can see Lord revive us again God can revive you again he revived you in Christ to be revived is to be raised together with Christ so it means to rouse or to revivify in resemblance to that means the resurrection of Jesus is my resurrection in other words my resurrection from the dead is in resemblance to his resurrection how he rose is how I rose Uh, how he rose is how I rose so if Jesus was raised and revived the Bible is saying we were revived together together so his resurrection was my resurrection it was my resurrection from spiritual death now and he also says and made us sit together the word sit together is also one Greek word which means uh, which in Greek is sugkatizo 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 now the word sugkatizo means to give seat in a company with to give a seat in a company with so we were first made alive together with him we were revived or raised together with him and then we were made to sit together with him it's beautiful we are quickened we are raised and we are seated all with him so the resurrection of jesus christ was the right of our resurrection because it is in the same resemblance that we were raised when he was raised i was raised you were raised so how am i raised i was raised in his resurrection hallelujah thank you jesus thank you lord i'm seated together with christ first peter chapter 1 verse 3 first peter 1 3 first peter 1 3 now i read he says blessed be the god and father of our lord jesus christ which according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of jesus christ from the dead he says blessed be the god and father of our lord jesus christ which according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again that means he has bet us so our birthing is resurrection he has begot us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of jesus so by his resurrection or by his resurrection we were begotten i am begotten i am begotten Thank you Jesus I am begotten thank you Holy Spirit thank you Jesus so by his resurrection we were raised and born out of spiritual death Colossians chapter 2 the verse 13 Colossians 2 13 now I read he says and you being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh has he quickened together having forgiven you all your sins so we were quickened together with Christ why am i repeating this i'm repeating this because it must be part of your consciousness 
that you were raised together with Christ. And if you were raised with Christ and Christ does not die again, will you ever die again? Will you ever lose your salvation? No, because you were quickened with him. You were raised with him and you are seated with him. You can lose your salvation if Jesus can die again. Thank you, Jesus. Let's do this in 10 minutes and then we are out of here. Number five. Number five. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is the evidence that he destroyed death, Satan, and put them under his feet. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is the evidence that he destroyed death and Satan and put them under his feet. I repeat that. The resurrection of Jesus is the evidence that he destroyed death and put Satan, he destroyed death and Satan and put it and put them under his feet. Let me read that again, sorry. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is the evidence that he destroyed death and Satan and put them under his feet. This is incredible. Acts chapter 2 the verse 18 Acts chapter 2 the verse 18 Acts 2 18 Acts 2 18 Thank you Holy Spirit Alright so Acts chapter 2 the verse 18 to 24 Um That'll be too long Um Alright let's read from the verse 21 21 he says, and it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Ye men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you by miracles and wonders and signs, which God did by him in the midst of you as ye yourselves know. Him being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God, ye have taken and by wicked hands have crucified and slain watch the verse 24 whom god has raised up having loosed the pains of death because it was not possible that death should hold him or it was not possible that he should be holding of it let me read the verse 24 again he says whom god has raised up having loosed the pains of death because it was not possible that death should hold him so for Jesus to rise up as the first man to rise from the dead is an indication that he defeated death. Death could not hold him captive. Death could not hold Jesus captive. You know what that means? I want to go ahead of myself. It means death cannot hold you captive. Don't just think of physical death. I'm talking of spiritual and eternal death. Listen many of us have to change our understanding of death physical death is just the tip of the iceberg you see man man after the fall was subjected to four kinds of death man after the fall was subjected to four kinds of death the first death was spiritual death the second death was physical death the third death is called uh, second death and the fourth death is called final death so there is physical death there is spiritual death there is second death and there is final death 
so you need to get this spiritual death is the separation of of a man from god physical death is the separation of the spirit from the body second death is the is the separation from god entirely and the final death is the final separation from god in eternity so when a man is not born again this man is subjected to spiritual death physical death second death and eternal death which is final death so don't see death as merely physical no 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 don't see death as merely physical it's spiritual so when the bible says death could not hold him it was not referring to physical death it was referring to that which held man captive from having union with god it was referring to that that separated man from god so that man could never have intimacy and fellowship anymore so death in itself is spiritual is separation from god so when jesus rose from the dead death could not hold him nothing could make him not relate with god anymore jesus defeated that principle jesus defeated death death cannot hold jesus bound and if death cannot hold jesus bound death cannot hold you bound beautiful thank you lord so in hebrews chapter 2 the verse 14 hebrews 2 14 farta piketa Hebrews 2.14 He says for as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood he also himself likewise partook of the same that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death that is the devil <laughs> he says in as much as the brethren are partaking in flesh and blood in other words in as much as jesus christ came to save those who are flesh and blood he himself also had to become flesh and blood for jesus to save those who are flesh and blood he himself has to be flesh and blood he says that's true death listen the reason why i kept saying that jesus christ though he was the son of god did not function on earth as the son of god was because if jesus functioned on earth as the full son of god he could not have died he had to be flesh and blood he had to be flesh and blood he had to be flesh and blood so that he could die so he says in as much as the brethren have partaken in flesh and blood he himself likewise partook in the same that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death that is the devil so you see who had the power of death before jesus came the power of death was in the hand of the devil before jesus came the power of death was in the hand of the devil the devil had the keys of death and hair so satan could keep anyone captive who died satan can subjugate everyone that died under his will because he had the power of death he could use the law to make men sin so that they die so he had that power but the bible says god through jesus christ 
use death to destroy him that had the power of death that is the devil now the weapon of satan before jesus came was death but jesus used death to destroy the devil in other words jesus used the devil's own weapon to destroy him now let me give you a scenario of david and goliath david and goliath explains this best do you know that when david was about to fight goliath he told him that he was going to kill him cut off his head and then give his head or his carcass to the birds of the air when david said i'm going to cut off your head david did not have a sword he was having five smooth stones and a catapult you cannot use a stone to cut off someone's head left alone a smooth stone so when david finally brought goliath down he took goliath's own sword he used goliath's own weapon to take off his head to destroy him the bible is using that same analogy like as david used the same weapon goliath used to fight him on his head jesus used the devil's own weapon to destroy him that weapon is death so jesus used death to destroy satan jesus used death to destroy death jesus used death to defeat satan jesus used death to defeat death amazing he used that to defeat death hallelujah and in revelation chapter 1 from the verse 18 look he says i am he that liveth and was dead and behold i am alive forevermore amen then he says and have the keys of hell and death <laughs> and i have the keys of death and hell who has the keys of death and hell jesus even the devil who lives in hell does not have his own keys even the devil who lives in hell does not have his own keys so he doesn't have his own keys jesus says and i have the keys of death and hate the word keys means access it means authority it means power so he said i have the authority of death and hell because i defeated it i trampled upon it now listen all these things jesus did not do for himself so if you are thinking about this think about it for yourself if jesus says he has authority over death and hell who is he referring to you because you are his body in other words you have keys of death and hate you have authority over hell and death now when you have keys to your house that means you have total access nobody can enter there until you have opened it so now if jesus says i have the keys of death and hell can a man who has believed jesus christ go to hell if jesus has the keys of death and hell a man who has believed jesus will he ever enter hell or die forever no jesus says i defeated it in other words anyone in me has defeated death like i did 
we are more than conquerors we have defeated death can a believer die physically yes but he cannot die spiritually that's the ultimate that's the ultimate he cannot die again because he has defeated death he has defeated hell jesus rose from hell so that we also rise from hell he rose from hell so that we can never we can never enter hell so if jesus has the keys of death and hate he's telling you he has authority over hell and as far as i'm concerned by that authority i can never go to hell i can never die spiritually i can never lose my salvation no so the resurrection of jesus christ is the evidence uh, that jesus defeated death and satan listen satan's power has been completely broken satan's power over your life to kill you has been terminated satan does not have the right to take your life satan does not have the right to kill you spiritually it's not possible he cannot touch you he can't touch your spirit he can't possess your spirit he has no authority anymore he has been completely paralyzed remember there was a prophecy that the seed of the woman shall uh, it says the serpent shall the offspring of the serpent shall bruise the heel of thy seed and the seed of the woman shall crush the head of the serpent through the cross through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ the devil has been crushed Satan has no authority over your life again you don't tell me I've been having spiritual marriage and people the spirits have been sleeping with me you don't know who your authority is you don't know the authority you have you have authority over satan therefore satan cannot detect the pace anymore in your life whatever is happening in your life is what you have permitted whatever is happening in your life is what you have permitted ancestral curses ancestral curses no is resurrection defeated curses so if you are experiencing it you you permitted it you need to change your belief system you must understand the power of his resurrection jesus defeated satan and defeated death and if jesus defeated satan and death what else is undefeatable what else is undefeatable thank you jesus i am raised from the dead thank you jesus i'm raised from the dead second timothy 1 9 second timothy 1 9 all right let me just conclude Second Timothy 1 9. Thank you, Jesus. Now I read. He says, Who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. Now look at the verse 10. He says, But is now made manifest by the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ, who has abolished death and has brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. The Bible says Jesus abolished death. How did he abolish death? Through his resurrection and the bible says he has brought life and immortality to life now the one immortality there is not talking about this physical body not dying the one immortality is not referring to this physical body not dying the word end in the greek is sky which means even or that is or which is so the word end there is further explaining the word life 
the word end is further explaining the word called life so now listen attentively when the bible says jesus abolished death and brought life and immortality he's saying jesus brought life and this life is immortality he brought life which is immortality he brought life that is immortality he brought life even immortality so the word end is further explain the word life so it doesn't mean that this physical body will live forever no it must be glorified before it can enjoy that glory so the word immortality there is another name for eternal life this is very important now now the the word uh, immortality in greek is haftasis aftasia sorry aftasia the word aftasia means incorruptible the word aftasia means incorruptibility or unending existence this body will end existence so the immortality there is not referring to this body the one immortality is further describing the life he's talking about he's saying this life is immortal what life is that eternal life is immortality eternal life is immortality he says he has brought it to light through the gospel that means when we are preaching the gospel we are distributing immortality which is called eternal life which is called unending life which is called what the very life of god so the immortality there is not the undiability of your body it's referring to the undiability of your spirit so when a man believes and receives christ that man is immortal i am immortal in that my spirit cannot die so that is the life which came to light through the gospel so jesus abolished that the word abolish means to completely annihilate or disannul jesus abolished death defeated death destroyed the devil in his resurrection so satan and death has no right over you no he has no right over you thank you jesus i have immortality i have immortality in my spirit i have immortality in my spirit i have immortality in my spirit come on lift your voice and begin to bless the king of glory right now it's good to know that you have immortality in christ jesus abolished death lift your voice and begin to speak in the spirit that his resurrection brought you justification his resurrection is the receipt of your justification i am justified because he rose not because i'm good jesus was raised from the dead that i can be raised from the dead he was raised that i can be raised and because he's raised i was raised with him his resurrection is my resurrection and because jesus dies no more i die no more spiritual death has taken his his hold of my life i have crossed from death to life i cannot cross from life to death i have crossed from death to life it's my new nature i'm born from resurrection thank you jesus i'm a son of god i'm a son of god i'm a son of god by his resurrection i am assured of salvation i am guaranteed of salvation i cannot fear losing my salvation the devil has been defeated the devil has been brought to naught his powers have been curved he has no authority over me sickness cannot have authority over me ancestral curses cannot have authority over me come on lift your voice and begin to declare right now 
ancestral guesses has no dominion over me because Jesus rose from the dead and because he rose I rose I have authority I have power the greatest life dwells in me the greatest life dwells in me I'm Bostokopanda I carry resurrection life I have immortality in my spirit I have immortality I have incorruptibility in my spirit I am incorruptible come on lift your voice and speak in the spirit the devil cannot play the fool with me again the devil cannot take me through ancestral curses I cannot be cursed ancestrally for Christ became a curse for me Ambos Toprando artist is written curse is he that hangs on the tree Christ became a curse that the blessings of Abraham might come upon me 